Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Well, guys, we have some exciting news for you from Vortex about their brand new eyewear, their Banshee and Jackal sunglasses. Me and Andrew have had these for a few weeks now, right before the release, and we've been extremely impressed. They're awesome glasses, guys. And listen, if you're needing some new sunglasses, not only do they have the VIP warranty, but they're tough as crap, guys. Uh, Scratch-resistant eyewear, uh, it's extremely important. And also, they have safety features as well. So when you're out shooting at the range, again, these are rated glasses, so you are going to be more than protected when you're at the range. But they also look fantastic when you're out around town. So right now, Vortex has some special pricing on their website, which is vortexoptics.com for the new eyewear. But also, if you use the code SOUTHERN20, you get to save even more on this special pricing for right now at vortexoptics.com. Again, check out the new eyewear from vortexoptics.com and use the promo code SOUTHERN20 to save on their brand new eyewear. Hey everybody, this is Kyle V, host of the Ozark Podcast. If you like the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast, we have a show for you. We sit down with local outdoorsmen of Arkansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma to talk all things hunting, fishing, conservation, history, and culture in the Ozark Mountains region. Just like the outdoorsmen who live here, we follow the seasons and interview regional experts to discuss the pursuits of hunting turkeys, bears, and whitetail, as well as the science behind their conservation. Join me and my co-host Kyle Plunkett every Wednesday and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You're listening to the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Southern Outdoorsman. Now let's get to the episode. Presented by Hunting Exchange, a marketplace for serious hunters by serious hunters. Welcome, folks, to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. I got the Ginger Buck Slayer right here in front of me. The Ginger Bow Hunter, the Ginger Gunslinger, as we, we're going to start calling him here pretty soon. Jacob, how are you? Oh, dude, sitting at one tag left of the state of Alabama. I'm doing pretty good. First time that's happened, isn't it? it yeah, for, yeah, we talked about that. Well, I haven't talked about it on the episode, but yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I've never killed more than uh, two bucks in Alabama uh, in a season. No, I've never killed more than one buck in Alabama in a season. That's the way to put it. So Man. you get three buck tags. So you're so close to tagging out, you can taste it. I know, and then we get that happens. Uh, oh, I, I, I am now. Hold on, with this episode coming out, probably around the time I'm leaving. Pretty certain going to like like pretty pretty oh, yeah? nail, pretty, yeah, pretty nailed down. I think I've 
got everything talked into. So oh, we're going to go. have some details there. But anyways, and then also got two uh, Arkansas tags left. Like yeah, today's. So who, it. who knows? Who knows? But yeah. Possibilities so, are endless. Yeah, and this is an outro for our Christmas slash end of the year special that y'all heard on Monday. Yep. So anyway, a little wild, a little crazy. You know, we had a good time. We recorded it last night. You know, I don't know what wrapped the, it up at about one forty-five in the morning. Yeah, it was about three and a half hours long. The first recording. I don't know how much Andrew cut out because you know this is pre him. Yeah, uh, about three forty-five, like three hours forty-five minutes. minutes. Oh yeah, it's not that long. I don't know how long it's going to be. I haven't edited it yet, but it's not going to be that long. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, dude, so it's been a crazy uh, couple of weeks, I guess. I mean, dude, I was thinking about this um, oh, probably just two, two, three days ago. I've hunted more this year than I might have hunted almost all of last season. Oh, I guarantee it. Yeah. I've hunted more in the last three weeks after going full-time with it mm-hmm. than I think I did all last year. Yep. I'm pretty certain. Yeah, no, I'm certain that you did. Because, yeah. yeah, I mean, you barely got to hunt last year. No, it was like it was like one Saturday, maybe a Saturday, Sunday, once a month-ish. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then, like, the only time I actually did, like, a multi-day trip that I can remember, really, um, at least was that late season hunt down south Alabama, hunting with Wes and the guys and slept in my truck down there. Um, oh, yeah, So where you got stuck. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And get get pinned up against a a berm. That was terrible, dude. Roads are terrible down there. It's like, yeah. Oh God. You better have a reliable four wheel drive. Four wheel drive. You better have a buddy with you. And to be honest, you might just want to use a side by side on those roads. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So, So, yeah, you get you got to put your time in this year, and it's paying off. Yeah, it's like you know, had a lot of cool experiences so far. Uh, this buck that we'll talk about in just a little bit was pretty interesting. Um, just kind of how everything played out, you know, had like a real warm front that had pushed through, you know, it had been kind of like, you know, fairly, you know, average temperatures, uh, previously, but then it got real warm. It got up to like 70 degrees, uh, a little bit this past week, mm-hmm. uh, which now by the time this episode comes out, it'll be two weeks ago from the time you're listening to this. Yep. Um, it was extremely warm. What was it December 18th, 17th? Something like that. Uh, yeah, like, like 16, 17, 18. That's like when it was warm. And then I shot the deer on that Friday, whatever. I think that was the 17th. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 17th. Um, all right. So set the stage. Set the stage. Set the stage. All right. So I've uh, been talking with uh, Wes Moe a whole bunch. He, again, has been a past guest on the podcast quite a few times. Um, you know, well known for his uh, tactics that they call the wolf pack. Um, and last year, me, Andrew, and my brother hunted with him that exact same hunt last year yep. and had some pretty cool experiences. Uh, I, I saw a buck. You saw a buck. Did Thomas see a buck? Chris, no. Oh, oh Chris. No, yeah, Chris didn't see a deer because he took Zach back. And when he took Zach back to oh, his and car. Oh, Zach was there too. Yeah, Zach was with us. When he took Zach back to his car because he couldn't make his get his car all the way out there, mm-hmm. um, that buck that Jerry shot, came right through where Chris was at and then kept side hill and around to where Jerry was at and Jerry killed it. Yep. Okay, I remember now. So I'm like, Chris, if you just sat there, you could have killed your wall hanger. Mm, man. That was like right after Zach killed his big buck too. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like the day after or something. Two, uh, two days after maybe. Something like that. No, it was the following. I think we killed it like on the twelfth or something like that. Something like that. But yeah, so that was a fun hunt last year. Um, I, I had an opportunity last year to shoot a, a really, really nice really year. good buck. And I and I I had the week previously, the hunt previously, uh, when we tripled 
I smacked my scope of my rifle while uh, doing, going through a creek crossing. And I was coming through, it was dark. And I thought, <laughs> I thought I knew my way down to the creek. And I thought it was, just, I mean, it was kind of steep, but I was like, okay, so it's going to keep going down the creek, going through some mountain laurel. Well, I didn't realize it was a cut bank that was like six and a half feet tall, seven feet tall. <laughs> so I'm going through this mountain laurel, okay? So I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm, it's thick, dude. I, you know, I got a headlamp on. I can't see. Yeah. If I put my gun barrel in front of me, I can't see the, the tip of the gun barrel. That's how thick it is going through this mountain laurel with a light center. And the next thing I know, my feet are out from underneath me, and I'm falling. <laughs> you just walked right off the edge. And I'm like, I mean, I knew I was close <laughs> to the creek, but I didn't know, like, I didn't know if I was 10 feet up or if I was three feet up. Turns out it was about six or seven feet, and I went straight down. And when I went straight down, I slid. I mean, I went right into the water. I mean, dude, I was soaking wet. I'll go. How deep was the water? Deep enough that with knee boots, you still would get wet. It, it was like a little, it was like a pool right there. You're and lucky because that creek, I waded it a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago in chest waders, and there's parts of that creek that are, I mean, pretty deep. Like, yeah. it, it, it could be dangerous falling in that thing. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I slid down. Hard and fast. Okay, <laughs> I mean gravity was on my side on that point. It was, I mean, ripping and rolling. And uh, when I go down, you know, I slide into the water. But when I'm going down, there's a little rock I like slide over the top, of, like, or there's a big rock I slide over the top of. When I'm going down, and I've got my <laughs> rifle. Picture this in my head. I've got my rifle shouldered over my right, my uh, right arm. And when I'm going, the scope. If you think about, it, if your gun is shouldered or you know on your shoulder on a sling, that scope is on your, like your back, the back side of the gun, like the back side of your arm. Yep. So when I'm sliding, that end, the eyepiece, smack that rock, dude. Like hard. Like like yeah, to the point like my scope. I mean, it's, it held up. I mean, the scope's fine. The scope's great. Um, that Lupul VX five HD. Anyways, what kind of scope rings do you have? Uh, tally one piece uh, CNC machined. Nice. So, yeah. Shout out to them. Good Dude, job. they're awesome. Out of South Carolina. I believe, yeah, South Carolina Tally Manufacturing. Um, but anyway, I smacked my scope, dude. At first, I thought I shattered the eyepiece. <laughs> like, that's how, I mean, that's, that's how hard it hit. I mean, it's my full body weight coming down the scope. That's oh, my what, gosh. Hitting a rock. Anyways, so I slide into the water, dude. I get down in the water, and, like, I can't stop not trying to get wet. And what I mean by that is, like, you know, sometimes... <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, repeat that sentence. You can't stop... N- Oh, okay, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I, the more I tried to struggle to get up, the farther I was going into the water. <laughs> That's where I'm trying to get at. So, like, oh, like yeah. there's nothing, like, the more I try to, like, I try to stand up, because when I hit the water, it's, like, uh, like uh, limestone rocks and stuff, and it's, <laughs> yeah. like, and they were, like, angled, and they're super slick and wet, so I'm trying to move it. I keep sliding farther, deeper into the water, okay? <laughs> so, like, dude, my... My, the creek my, is just swallowing dude, you. Dude, my legs are wet. Like, my whole lower body is wet. My torso's wet. My back's wet. The backpack's wet. I mean, everything's soaked. Dude. It's cold, too. And uh, and I'm like, oh. Anyways, but, man, it's telling a real long story here about last year. But uh, I was worried that, you know, made the gun get knocked off, you know, zero. Because, I mean, it hit hard. Well, like, a couple days later, you're right. Yeah, a couple days later. That's when we were going with Wes. I didn't have time. You know, I'm working and everything. I didn't have time to go to the range and shoot and, and check zero. So I was like, I told Wes. I think I told Wes, I told you earlier, like, I'm not really going to shoot something unless I get, like, a pretty good broadside shot where, you know, it's, if it's off a couple inches, I'm still going to hit the deer, you know, yeah. a solid hit. Good, close, broadside yeah. shot. Well, that Unobstructed. Yeah, that didn't happen because we're hunting this thicket. And Wes, was, Wes and his son Wesley were saying, well, these bucks, they'll be in the thicket, and they'll pop their heads out. Look out of the thicket and then go right back in. 
So you're like, you got to be quick on it. And I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah, whatever. Well, that happened. <laughs> and that's where we're trying to get it last year. You know, I had a, these, this buck was chasing this doe, and I see this doe pop out, and she's coming right up the ridge to me. And I look behind her, and all I see is like antlers. And I see like a deer's head, and it's like coming through it. And I'm like, oh, he's about to come straight up. Like, doe's like 15, 20 yards off the edge of the thicket, coming up the side of the ridge. Mm-hmm. And I'm like 80 yards off the edge of the thicket. And I'm like, he's just going to follow her up, give me a perfect shot in the opening. Well, he gets, I mean, right to that edge. And I've got like a hard quartering two shot. And I'm looking at him, and he's a really nice deer. I'm just a really heavy mass, great deer. Not super wide. He's probably like probably like the buck out of shot, 14, 15 inches wide. But mm-hmm. just, you know, tall tines, heavy mass, great main beams, um, big body. And yeah. I'm like, and I'm just thinking, I'm like, okay. And I'm, I've noticed this recently. I'm with a rifle in my hand. I'm fairly cool and calm in most of those situations. So it's like this is executed. Then after the fact, loose. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's why I did have the gun up. I'm looking at him, and I'm like, I just don't feel good taking that frontal shot. Which sometimes I mean, I've killed many a deer like that. Frontal shot, hug that shoulder, dude. Inside of that shoulder, dude. No, I've killed them like that. They go down hard I mean, and fast. T- turns them off. Yeah. And uh, but I'm like, I was worried that like maybe it, you know something was off with the gun yeah and uh anyways long story short he turns he decides not to come up he turns and goes right back into the thicket and like the only mm. opportunity i really had was like a neck shot and i was just like again i didn't feel confident you know hitting you know with a neck you've got to hit a pretty small little opening to you know just try to hit that spine yeah i didn't feel confident with it so he walked off and Wes and the guys, they all gave me hell they're like <laughs> you didn't shoot it i'm like i'm like nah, I didn't feel, he's like man you gotta you don't get one, two opportunities. You got to make it happen. I'm like, well, you know. And then... Hey, that's a, a well, bunch of big buck killers down here talk about that. Yep. From from Wes to Glenn Solomon to Michael Perry. Yep. All these guys are like, man, they're in the thick stuff. And you you just got to be able to eke a bullet through there. Yeah. Or an arrow or whatever you're using. You got you got to take those shots because that's all you're going to get with them most of the time. Yeah. But, I mean, it kind of comes down to like a little bit on the ethics. Because I just didn't know. Well, the thing is, what what... what really kind of sucked was like the next week i go to the range and shoot dead on spot on and i'm and i'm like dang louisville all right and tally tally basis shout out oh yeah dude for making make a bomb proof setup it was super lightweight and easy to use so that's the thing you definitely made the right choice i think it comes down to like that buck that i had to pass Mm -hmm. like what was it two weeks ago now oh probably three weeks now yeah Yeah. same thing if you're not sure you know just don't do it oh no it is two weeks yeah yeah Mm. this month it's because like we've been hunting so much. This month feels so much longer. I was telling Tiffany, you know, like yep. Christmas is Saturday, uh-huh. and I'm like, man, I'm kind of bummed that Christmas. I like, I love Christmas. It's like the best, but I'm like, man, it's like already almost January. Like, good grief, this season flew by. Mm. Anyways, hey, we still got a lot of good stuff left. But anyway, so yeah, past the deer scope was still on. I was like, dang it! I'm like, crap. And that was that made even worse. Cause I told Wes about it. He's like, I can't believe you didn't shoot that thing. <laughs> <laughs> um. But hey, that's why you gotta have some quality bases, especially in your rifle uh, and, and rings. So that's why I like those one piece bases. But uh, you should have just squared up on a on a tree or something or a stump, and shot it. Yeah, well, checked it in the woods. <laughs> ch- yeah, should have, could have. But anyway, so uh, we went out to the west. Hit me up and he's like, "Hey, we're gonna go back down there for the hunt." But you know, some of the guys may come, some might not, just because of work schedules and everything else. Because it was like a Friday Saturday hunt, and uh, you know, he's like, you know if you want to come down he's like that'd be great and i'm like yeah dude let's do it man let's go down so we hunted it was friday and that was some people that follow on social media saw i had my alarm set for 1 15 in the morning get it because it's a haul and he's like dude we're meeting at said location the meeting spot at 3 a.m yep because he's like there's gonna be a lot of guys down here i'm like that's fine 
All right. So I get about two, three hours of sleep. Woke up, drove <laughs> down there, met up with him. And I'm sitting there, and it's just Wes's, it's just Wes's turn. I get out. I'm like, okay. Because I'm, I'm thinking like a couple of the other guys are coming. He's like, he's like, no, it's just going to be you, me, and uh, and Wes. He's like, uh, buddy Brock, he's supposed to be coming too, but I haven't heard from Brock. And I'm like, okay. And they're all listeners to the podcast. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, okay. Anyways, we sat there for a little bit, and you know Wesley rolls up, and I'm like, okay, let's just get to the get to the the gates and everything, go park and set up. Uh, and it's early, so we're just gonna sit there. We're gonna wait and all walk in at five o'clock. Mm-hmm. And uh, we go, we go to the spot, and he was hanging out and uh, sit there, talk for a little bit, me and Wesley, because me and Wesley are gonna come in from one side, and then Wes is gonna come off the other side. And uh, anyways, go in that morning, walking down. Me and Wesley were just talking, walking, getting set up. And he was telling me that, uh, so his his wife's, this on a side note, his wife's brother, I think, I, something like, I think it's his wife's brother, his brother-in-law, he took him out there one time on one of these hunts, and he just sat him up on one of the logging roads on top that we use for access, like how we walked in last oh, year. Oh, yeah. And there's a big saddle. And he sat him up there one time, he, like, this is a couple of years ago, and the dude shot like a 139-inch, I think it was an eight-point, like a monster, <laughs> like a monster eight from right there. Ooh. Like, where, like, most people were like, oh, no, I'm going to dive off this. Like, like, no, he had him climb right there and kill a monster. Oh, man. So I'm like, I can see that, especially walking in and out last year. Yep. Well, I, well, actually, I only saw it in the dark, I guess, but just walking through there, I mean, that those look like some really nice woods. That's oh, something yeah. we were talking about. It's like mature timber and that's not something we really hunt all that much well, we're hunting around stuff that's cut a lot and yeah. so I, I feel like that's just a whole different aspect it's yeah mature it's mature pines but it's got they've been thin so they got you know a lot of understory mm-hmm. so like when you're on the ground i mean you know if you're on one hillside looking across like you can see into it but like if a deer is standing 30 yards from you yeah some of that stuff if it's you know eye level they're you're not going to see them and they probably can see you yep you know it's thick for like you know three four or five feet off the ground uh but anyways so that was that was interesting. So we got, we went in and so we we decided you know there's they have a bunch of different spots. They've been hunting this area for like Wes has been hunting this area for forty years, which is crazy. Yeah. Okay. And like one of his episodes, which Andrew actually maybe you can look it up for us, uh, where we actually had him on talking about you know finding targeting uh, a specific part of public and don't get so tied up in trying to hunt everywhere on a piece of public land. But literally, get yourself one square mile, roughly. You know, I think it's. By the way, I had a listener hit me up about. Uh, I keep saying six hundred sixty acres, which is incorrect for one square mile. I think it's six hundred forty acres. Yeah, it, I knew that. I was waiting for a listener to well, call you. Well, out. Th- thanks for telling me. <laughs> Anyways, I've been saying that forever, and the listener he messaged me. He's like, "Hey, he's like, I'm not trying to be, you know, like a mean or a dick or anything, but he's like, hey, you've been saying that wrong. I'm like, dude, I appreciate it. Like, I did, I had." I've been saying the wrong thing for a long time. I was almost sure it was 640, but I was like, I don't want to try to correct you and then I'm wrong. Well, so that's uh, like, that's like what Wes has done is kind of like found this area that, you know, really, um, they can kind of make their own and, and really know every little thing about it. And he's got the experience and they've hunted down there for a long time. So. I believe it was, uh, episode 189 mm-hmm. targeting big buck escape routes with Wes Moy. Yep. Um, the, either that or like the two t- is either that or, yeah, I think one forty six killing pressured whitetails with West Moy. Yeah, one one of those two. One forty six or one eighty nine. Oh no, two. it was it was one eighty six. Because uh, in the description, uh, breaking down large properties into manageable chunks, along with learning those parcels of land like the back of his hand. Yep, that's it. One eighty six or one forty six. Oh God. Yeah, one forty six. All right, so, 146. Awesome. from a while back, January 20th, 2020. Ooh, I remember we did that in your the guest bedroom at the old house down in Auburn. Oh, yeah, we did. Yep. Mm, man, I hated that house. After I smoked a spike on accident. Yep. On that hunt. 
I was like, you know. And then we smoked him on the smoker. We did. I was like, I thought it was a doe, which, I mean, it was still fine. It was legal. But I thought it was a doe. <laughs> and he had these small, I mean, he had, it was a keychain mm. spike, as some people call it. Still had mama's nipple in his mouth. It was yeah. close to it, yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> dude, he was, I was like, man, we got down there. I'm like, is that the same deer I shot? <laughs> Anyways, but, um. So, anyways, we went hunting, dude. Got got in there, got all set up. So I was going to the same spot I hunted last year, uh, which is like a it's a it's a it's like a super big thermal hub. You have a bunch of different trenches all come together, and you have all these ridge points dropping off, and you're set up on one ridge point, and you have thick cover all around. You get thick cover down in front of you. It's like the big thick cr- uh, creek drainage, and then back behind us, uh, you got more thick cover. So I mean, like you're you're right in the middle of them. It's kind of one of those spots. Like even West said, he's like, dude, I've killed three. He said, I think he's killed three or four wall hangers from like that spot. Mm-hmm. And, but he's killed a lot more from just in the general area. Yeah. And he's like, you know, know where they're going to come from. He's like, have your head on the soil. They come from behind you, downwind, crosswind, they, any direction the buck could be coming in yep. from. So I'm like, okay, cool. Well, and you're on a transition too. I mean, it, it's not like you're sitting in the middle of like a giant thicket. There's yeah. a good transition right there. Yeah, a hard transition. Hard, hard, got hardwoods, pines, a whole nine yards, kind of all transitioning right there. Yeah, it's a bunch of different edges all meeting in one spot, which is awesome. Kind of again, that compounding feature. And, uh, Anyways, so dude, you know, it's warm. I'm going in and I took like a, like my, uh, like lightweight, I got like lightweight fleece vest because I didn't mm-hmm. want to take like the uncapod or anything like that polymer, uh, not polymer, polyester kind of finish. Yep. And, uh, dude, I'm doing something in a vest and a t-shirt and had a rain jacket with this because we thought it might rain a little bit. There's like developing storms that day. Yeah. It was pretty nasty. Over, overcast, muggy. Mm-hmm. And dude, I climbed this pine tree. I found this tree and I'm like, okay, this is the tree to climb because last time I climbed an oak tree, I took, last time I took sticks and a saddle in and it worked fine. I climbed a tree, but I was like, man, I really wish I could climb one of these pines like super oh, high. Oh yeah. That's what, that's what happened to me last year too when yep. we went there. I, I like was stretching. I like struggled so hard to get up in this tree with all the sticks, I'm mm-hmm. like, this is idiotic. I just, I wish I had a climber. Yeah. So now I have both. Absolutely. Well, so I took mine. I got that lone wolf sitting climb. Yep. Dude, which, dude, that's so awesome. I love that thing. So I love awesome. that thing. So awesome. And uh, took that in, and I climbed a pine tree, and I had a 30-foot pull rope. Well, I should have brought two pull ropes, okay? Because <laughs> I'm going up this tree, and I get to, you know, I get to just at 30 feet, and it's pulling, it's snug and tight on me. I get my backpack down there. Get my rifle slung over the shoulder. And uh, I'm like, crap, because I'm like, I know I need to get a little bit higher. So I'm like, I'm just going to keep on climbing. And that was that's a pain in the butt, dude. You're lifting your back. Yeah, as you're climb. going. <laughs> so anyway, so I did that for like another five, six feet. And then yeah. I finally, okay, this is good enough. And we get set up. And, you know, we're sitting there, dude. It's 30 minutes before daylight. We're just chilling. Everybody's kind of in their spot early. And uh, sitting there, man, I get all my stuff put together, situated. And right at gray light, I mean, it's, I mean, it's just, it's probably, I think legal light was like six, 613, 614, 615, something like that. And it's probably like 617, 618. And I'm, I keep hearing crap back behind me up the drainage. Mm-hmm. And it's thick back in there. And I'm like, and it, which is, it's downwind of me, but I'm like, I'm super high up this tree. And I'm like, I keep hearing something, dude. It sounds like something's running off the side of the ridge. And uh-huh. I can hear stuff going. I'm like, what is that? So I, I turn around. I like, I got my rifle laying across the, uh, the, uh, uh, the frame of the stand. I stand up against, I'm facing the tree. And I'm looking, and I'm like, "What is that noise?" And I just keep messing around. And the next thing I know, I like look left a little bit, and there's a buck, and he's walking. He had walked just downwind of me, like crossed me, and it was like head down to the ground, like nose down, kind of like bebopping through. And I looked down through the binos, and I'm like, "Okay, it looks like a, it's a, it was a young eight point, probably like a two and a half year old." 
And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, sweet. So they're moving. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was high humidity. We didn't know what to expect, man. The overcast, storm was about to happen, like all kinds of craziness. And I'm like, okay, sweet. Like, that's good. I'm texting the guys. I was like, hey, you know, just, just had a little buck come by me. And uh, I, I like how, I like how uh, the weather that day was just – because I was out that day too. Um, I didn't come with you guys because I wanted to give this other spot one last shot. And the weather that day was just like muggy and warm, wet. Like it kind of felt like it wanted to rain, but it wasn't raining. You know, I think I looked at the uh, the weather when we were going out there. It was ninety percent humidity, mm-hmm. but it wasn't supposed to rain. Yeah, which for scenting conditions from last <laughs> week's episode, y'all heard. Yeah, th- that's pretty freaking good for a deer. Yeah, yeah, it's really good for a deer. I mean, he's like it's like him like just breathing <laughs> water over there. Just like, I, honestly, that's that's how that's the best way to describe it. It's like it feels like when it's about to rain, but it won't. It's not raining. Yeah. And it, it was just like ugh, the whole day, all day, yeah, all day. Gray. Hey, they, they, but there was a pretty good breeze going, which I was pretty. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was very steady south southeast windows. It, it was super solid. But um, so Wesley is to my is to my, he's to the east of me. He's like two hundred fifty yards from it. Okay, on the other side of this ridge, and then uh, Wes is directly across the thicket from both me and Wesley. He's like directly across. He's probably another three hundred yards from me. Okay, and. Uh, so Wes is like upwind and we're downwind. Uh, so it's kind of wolf packing, but kind of not because we didn't have the number of guys. So that buck comes by. And I'm like, okay, cool. Sweet. I'm texting the guys. Like, okay. You know, nobody else had seen anything. And I think we heard maybe like one shot. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, the deer are definitely moving. I'm still facing up against a tree because I'm, I'm like watching. I'm like, I'm waiting for something else to come off the side of the ridge. Kind of hit the same trail that that buck was doing. And next thing I know, I hear running directly to my right, which is to the east. And, uh, and I look and I see a deer coming right down the edge of the thick stuff, like coming off th- that tip, that ridge point down the edge of the thick stuff towards me. This is about 130 yards from me. Mm. And I'm like, oh crap. And I, I, I see, like, it looks like a doe. It doesn't look like a buck. It just looks like a doe. And then I see another deer behind it. It just looks like a small buck. And then I look behind it and I see just a rack, like a big body <laughs> in a rack. I'm like, oh shoot. So I, I spin around <laughs> real quick. Yeah, I got the gun up. I spin around. I sit down real quick. And she's just like, just running, dude. She got, she's coming towards me, and then she just dies right off into that thick stuff. Just goes right in there, and the little little buck goes in, and the big boy he gets to the edge, he stops for like a split second, and then dives in. I didn't even get a look at him. I was like, I saw antlers. I was like, okay, okay, no, I, okay, good buck, good buck. I, t- I, don't, I don't think I text the guys because it happened so fast, and uh, they they dive off of that stuff, but it gets quiet, and you can hear them when they're walking in there. Well, it gets quiet, and I'm like, what the heck? Like, what, what happened? I'm like, they didn't just like disappear. And I'm sitting there for a little bit. And the next thing I know, I hear a buck snort wheeze. Like, Ooh. like, but it's like, it's wheezier. Like, it's not, it's, it's like, yeah. I, there, we, the, so there's a really good video that mm-hmm. shows a buck snort wheeze. I can't remember who it's from. Maybe like the management advantage or somebody like that. Oh, yes. Yep. 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 And it, old Chuck Sykes, yeah. old thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, did it sound like that one? Yeah, yeah. It had like a, it almost had like a, almost like it's blowing his nose or something. Yeah, almost like it had not a gurgle, but it's got like a, a wheeziness to it. Yeah, that's the best way to say. It. Like, like this when I do it, it sounds like too crisp. Yeah. When they do it, it's more like when he did it, it was more like you, you could almost hear like the, you could almost hear like the flute, like you could hear like a little bit of like fluid. Phlegm. Yes, like not, that's exactly what it sounds like. It doesn't sound yeah. as crisp. Like you hear, it, like pop. Anyways, um, I mean, kind of like if someone was blowing their nose, yep. like that kind. of Anyways, and I'm like, no. And it's like, it's like eighty yards from me. 
And I'm like, no freaking way. First time you ever heard one. First time I ever I've heard, never heard one. Yeah, no, first time. And I'm like, and it was like just, it was, it was calm. It was like light wind, calm, quiet. And it just, I hear, it, I don't know. I'm like, no way. So I'm like, I do one over my back shoulder. I turn around. I'm like, I'm like, do it off my back shoulder and, uh, and do it. And it stops and gets caught wide again. I'm like, I got my gun. I'm like, dude, okay, it's about to go <laughs> down, dude. Talk about the buck fever. And I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay. And it gets quite, it's still quiet. I'm like, it's got to be just down there standing. And then I hear, and I hear like some like rustling going back and forth. And the next thing I know, the doe, she pops back out into the open. She comes out of the thicket and that big buck is on her, dude. Like she pops out, not like super run, but she's like kind of like, kind of trotting, like just kind of like, like just mm-hmm. you know, moving quickly at a nice little pace. She comes out and he gets right to that edge and there's some like cane down there. That switch came and yeah. he, he pops out and I've got, but when she pops out, I got the gun up. Okay. I see him pop out and I see his frame, this tall frame. I see three on one side and I don't even pay attention to the other side. I saw big thick neck and he stopped there for, I'm talking three seconds and it was two seconds too long. And I had, I mean, I had the safety <laughs> off dude. And I'm just like, I mean, kind of sitting down the stand, but like pretty much just freehand the shot. There's a little bit of stuff in front of him. Um, there's like a, there was a big, like little, or not a bit, it was like a, like a water oak sapling growing mm-hmm. in front of him and some like cane. So I had to shoot through a little bit of that water oak little sapling that was right there in front of him. Uh, but I freaking shoot and, uh, he freaking, he just reacts. He like turns and like freaking goes right back into the thick stuff. And, uh, I'm like, and th- after I shot, that's when I lost it. Like I was, I was calm, collected, like killer mode. Oh yeah. And then after that happened, I put the video on YouTube or on Instagram of me shaking, and guys like, "Are you cold?" I'm like, "No, it's 72 degrees." No, I like degrees. all the guys that live around us. Yeah. And like kind of know where we hunt. They were on our Instagram. They're like, "It's not cold," so I know. <laughs> it's shot like him. I can walk outside and feel it. I know you're not cold. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, but so it turned. He like he like rolls and like goes and he gets back in the thick stuff. And it gets quiet again for a little bit. And then, like, you know, it's probably been 15, 10 seconds, 15 seconds maybe. And then I hear, and I can see, like, sapling shaking and crap. I'm like, okay, he's down right there. <laughs> I mean, literally, like, like, it looked like 10 yards from where I shot him. And I'm going to get I'm kind of losing. Well, the doe's, the doe still stands there. Doe never ran. She's still standing there. And, uh, again, this, you know, you only kill, it was actually, it was either sex. So you kill a buck or a doe in this hunt. Uh, but this was a specific, uh, you can only kill one deer, so you can't kill two. So anyways, I shot that buck and there's a moment of doubt that goes through my mind. I'm like, did I actually hit him? <laughs> okay. There's, there's like a moment because the, the shot did sound different. Like if, if you've hunted with a rifle long enough, you've heard like you hit, you center punch one. It's like, I mean, it's like, you can hear it. You can, you can hear it like nothing else. And I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. And even a few minutes later, Wes, um, or yeah, Wes just hits me up and he's like, "You shoot one." I'm like, "Yeah, I shot, I shot a really good deer." And he asked me a little bit later on. He's like, "Did you, did you hit it?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Did the shot sound weird to you?" He's like, "Yeah, it sounded really weird. Like the shot just sounded strange." And I'm like, "Okay, that's that's weird." I didn't help my confidence level. I'm not gonna, be, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but the doe still stands there, and she looks up the hill. Oh, no, she she looks back into the thick stuff, and that little buck comes out. And he's like a probably two and a half, maybe a three, three-year-old six-point. Just nothing crazy. Just, you know, like deer like that right there, but it's a six-point. Like your... Wyoming buck? No, no, the other one. Oh, okay. So, just take take away his G3s. That's mm-hmm. what he kind of looked like. Mm-hmm. He popped out. And uh, he's standing there. He goes up to that doe, and that doe looks back up the hill, back up the ridge where they'd come from, 
And then coming off that ridge is another really good rack buck that looked like that deer, like the Wyoming deer. And he comes mm. off. He comes off. I'm like, is that the deer I shot? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like no. And I'm like, but then I saw his frame. I'm like, no way, because the deer I shot had better mass. But he comes down, dude, and he's just a really – it looks like a really nice eight-point. He comes, and he stands. He walks all the way down past the doe, stands exactly right where I shot that buck at. Stands right there, and he's looking broadside down to where the deer had ran to. And I'm looking at through my binos and everything. I'm like, dang, that, that's a pretty good deer, dude. And, uh, and he's like staring down where oh, he, he saw the sapling. Yeah, he's just, he's just like looking down there. Like he's just like staring. And so you're thinking he's looking at a dead deer. I was, that's what I was hoping. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm like, what else is he, what, what else is he doing? And then after, you know, probably literally a couple minutes, he was there. That doe's like, okay, I'm getting out of here. And like, there starts like trotting down the edge. And then he turns and the other buck turns. They're back on her. And they dial on thinking they're grunting and just going crazy. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was fascinating. <laughs> That's pretty epic, dude. Fascinating. I mean, the, the snort wheeze was the coolest freaking thing. Um, that that was by far the coolest freaking thing. And like then diving off into there, and you know, that's like some of the that's the best visual chasing I've seen in a long time. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you'll hunt these thickets, you'll hear the chasing, but you won't actually lay eyes on it because they're chasing the thick stuff. And every now and then, a deer might pop out. Yeah, but like that buck kind of hang back, and the doe hop back in. You know. This and that, because Doe. This is the one thing that Wes talked about, um, which might be worth having him on the podcast. Actually, I want to have him back on the podcast, uh, him and Wesley. But he fully believes that these does going through these super super nasty thick areas to just get away from the bucks. It has nothing necessarily to do with hunting pressure. It's just they're trying to get, stop getting harassed, and yeah. so they can slip through that stuff a lot better than a pretty good sized buck. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, you know, they're trying weave back and forth to try to lose the buck and that's why they'll pop out and the buck will stay there and then because she whether he knows she's going to come back into it or what yeah um so that kind of thing was kind of it was interesting one of those things kind of interesting deer behavior oh yeah that you watch absolutely they do all kinds of weird stuff like that i mean like a couple years ago when you saw that uh that younger buck in the pine ticket and he was like uh, easing through there and, and putting his foot on stuff and breaking it on purpose mm. and making all kinds of noise and like really looking. Dude, that I forgot about that hunt. That hunt was awesome. Well, it, man, they do all kinds of weird stuff like that. Well, you know? Let's talk about that. I want to talk about that real quick and we're going to get back to my idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, that was like two years ago, maybe three, two seasons ago, maybe now. Uh, 20, it was 2019, I think. And hunting a, pine hunting a secondary ridge point kind of off the ridge, like a very subtle like knob and came up from the bottom and when i got up there to the knob it's like it's pines but and it's pretty good sized pines but they're they haven't been thinned and there's a ton of freaking like uh green briar on the ground like just i mean it was literally green briar briars that were three feet tall like all over the place and there was beds all in it there was all these beds and fresh i mean there's tracks and dropping them like I, to be honest probably bumped deer out of it on the way in well i climb a tree and like you said it, i heard something the last 20 minutes of light, 30 minutes of light, I hear something up on top of like higher up in the, on the ridge in the pines, like start making some noise coming down. And yeah, dude, it's like a two and a half year old buck that I remember at the time, cause I filmed it. You're, you're like, dude, I would have shot the hell. I, uh, I, I think you were, I don't know. I don't know if you were having that great of a season at that point. Um, I can't remember. What, was that 2018? Maybe it might've been 2018, Man. but like, cause I just, I just remember like, dude, he's like, dude, cause I, I'm pretty sure you didn't, he hadn't shot a buck yet. And you're like, dude, I would have freaking smoked him. I'm like, cause I, I think I had shot a deer. I'm trying to think where that was at. Might've been a Tennessee buck, something like that. Anyways, 
But he comes down and he starts slipping through this stuff. And he's like, it's super calm. It's straight thermals. There's no wind. Straight thermals dropping down, dropping back behind me. He's coming down the hill towards me. And he is like intentionally trying to make as much noise. It, it, that's what it seemed like, as much noise as possible. And he'd like, he'd walk, he'd like break a couple branches. And then he'd like look around. He'd like, he'll pull his head up. Like, just kind of, like, you know, tuck it. Like, you see, like, a dog. They smell something. They get that head up real high. Yeah. And that's what he was doing. He was looking down there on that point. Like, okay, where, where, where are they at? And it was during the rut. Like, and he was, like, trying to see if, like, you know, maybe something, would, you know, doe would pop up or something. And probably he'd go down there and chase her. Oh, yeah. But he did that all the way down to 15 yards from me. I mean, just kept, he'd, like, he'd, like, get some thick stuff. He'd, like, make a lot of noise. And he'll, like, look up and, like, look, look down. Yeah. And, like, look down the ridge and try to see if he sees something move. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was cool. Super cool. Houndstooth Game Calls is your home for turkey calls this spring. Go check them out. They got all the classic turkey calls. You know, they got the pot calls and the box calls and the mouth calls, but they also got a couple really interesting calls. One of them is called the the success call, and you just need to go look it up. It's very, it's like a box call that you can work with one hand. It's really, really cool. Sounds incredible. They also got the Spurmaster, which is another very unique call that you can get some really unique, clean tones out of. They're going to help you out this turkey season. Use the promo code SOP20 to get 15% off of your order at Houndstooth Game Calls. That's SOP24. Use it at checkout. It helps the podcast. It's just neat watching them. That doe that came through in that cutover mm-hmm. uh, two weeks ago on, on that buck that I had to pass up, mm-hmm. just watching her work through that cutover, and she was like, it was like she was trying to be all quiet. And, uh, Wait, the buck that you had to pass up? Like the big buck. That oh, I, oh, that oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, when like Andrew when, doesn't pass deer, no, Andrew doesn't pass deer. So, she comes walking down through there and she's being like super cautious mm. going through this cutover. It was just cool watching her because she was like 15 yards from me and she's going around these slash piles and she would like put her hoof to like go over a log or something and she'd like put her hoof over it and she'd put it down in one spot and then pick it up and put it in another spot and then pick it up and put it in a third spot and then like put her weight on it and like, like she was like it. testing it. Yeah, she was trying to not break anything. It was it was cool. It was really cool to watch. I was like, son of a gun. Mm. And she got down below me, and I can hear like sniffing stuff and everything. It was cool. Anyways, all right, back to the story. Yeah, back to the story. So, all this happens right here in front of me. Like by this point, I'd seen four, uh, five deer, I guess, so far. And um, I text Wes and them, and Wes or Wesley is just on the other side of the ridge. And he's like, dude, I ain't. I'm like, Wesley, they're running back down towards you. And he said, like, "I'm not seeing anything." He's like, "He's like, what? Where do they come from?" Like, it looked like they came from the top of the ridge, like back behind you, like in the ridge between me and him, because he was on one side of the ridge, I'm on the other side of the ridge, and they came like right down the point of it. And it's thick up there. It's nasty. There's a ton of beds up there too. And uh, he's like, "Oh crap, man!" So they could drive off in the thick stuff. And next thing I know, I'm hearing grunting and chasing all in this thick stuff. Not just them. They get down there far to my a little bit farther down from me, but then I hear some directly in front of me into my right. Like when I'm facing that thicket, I'm like, there's like two, maybe two different groups of deer chasing uh, in bucks. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that was going on for probably 25, 30 minutes. And then I look up on the ridge across from me, um, kind of across on the other side of the thicket, and I see a buck, like a really good rack buck coming in. He's like, I mean, he's like trotting on the edge of like the, the, the thick edge that I can look at. He's like trotting side hilling and then drops back into it before I, I was trying to pull my bonnet up. I just, I couldn't. With a naked eye at that distance, I'm like, that was a really good He's deer. a good deer. He's a really good deer. He's a good deer. And I'm like, holy crap, man. And I'm telling, you know, I'm texting the guys. I'm like, dude, this is crazy. And dude, Wes is, or Wesley's like, I'm not, I, I can just imagine, like, I'm not seeing crap. Like, what the heck? <laughs> and uh, hey, like, that's the funny thing about the rut. Um, 
I heard this on somewhere. Uh, I think it was on Hunt the Land back when they were still doing their podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Mariah. He he had like a real bad day of hunting one time, and he came out. And he could look across this valley or something, and there's like this pasture or something over there, and he sees uh, like four or five bucks running a doe, and he'd been like struggling. And this is so true. And it's like, man, if you'd been sitting over there that morning, that would have been like the best morning you've ever had in your mm-hmm. life. But you're over here, and you're like, all right, right, right now. So let me tell you, that's, that's exactly what I was going to get at with this. When you're hunting like this wolf pack style, or if you're hunting with some buddies where you're like, hey, you're going to go into an area. Y'all are all going to get around a thicket or whatever. Everybody's within, you know, three, four, five hundred yards of each other. Yep. Okay? And you can communicate. It's all those hunt man days out there. Like, you've got three guys, that's three man days for one day of hunting. Okay? Mm-hmm. You've got three different kind of representations of different spots. And it was amazing what I was seeing 250 yards, 300 yards adjacent, probably 200 yards, 250 yards yeah. tops from Wesley. And Wesley didn't see anything but a doe, and the doe was like at 1130 in the morning. Yep. Didn't see another deer. No check, nothing. But on the other side of the ridge where I was at, it was crazy. Was he uh, upwind of you? Mm-mm. Me, me, both of us are on the downwind side. So oh, wow. crosswind of each other. Oh, wow. So... You mean, you know how that thicket lays yeah, out. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, so it's just like what you, when you and me hunted last year, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're kind of, we're all crosswind from each other, as in like, you know, everything's blowing back behind us, we're facing the thicket. Um. So yeah, no, but it was just being that close, like that much of a difference can make or break whether you not only see deer and also- But have like the best hunt you've had in yeah, years. And just, yeah, absolutely. Um, um. And it opened my eyes because it happened again the next day, which I'm yep. going to talk about. So- Anyways, it, it gets to the point, dude. It gets to like eight thirty, and dude, I can't take it no longer. I told the guys, I was telling them, "Hey, I'll sit here till because they were talking about sitting till eleven, and then getting down and like just go look for it." And I'm like, "Okay, I'll sit here till eleven, and dude, by eight thirty, I'm like, I can't take it." Because I, <laughs> I shot like at seven, six forty five, seven, something like that, probably six forty five, mm-hmm. and I did, I just couldn't take it, dude. And I mean, I was shaking for like an hour and a half up in the tree. Okay, <laughs> so I'm like, I gotta get down. So all I did, I get all my stuff down. I climb down real quiet and. uh I get down there, get my gun. I'm like, I'm leaving everything here. Let's just slip down there and see what we find. So I had everything marked from the tree, exactly kind of where he was standing, different landmarks, took photos, the whole nine yards, which that's a hot tip, by the way, especially if you're hunting thick cover. If you're elevated and you can see where you shot the deer, take some photos, take some video, and then also on the photos, use the mark, especially, I don't know how Androids are, but I know on Apple, you can like edit and mark a photo, like with the, um, like the marker, whatever. Yep. As, like, you know, red, green, purple, whatever. Mark up. Mark up. There you go. And you can like circle that spot of where the animal is sitting at or where the buck was at or the doe, whatever you shot. And then also you can take some photos and images of the landmark. So when you get down there, you kind of have a better idea, especially if it's at a distance. Now, if it's 20, 30 yards from you, it's not that big of a deal. If it's only 80 yards or 100 yards through the woods. Yeah, that's a huge difference. Completely different. Especially if you're real high up the tree and you get down, everything looks different. Oh, yeah. So... We get, I get over there and uh, I get to the spot where I thought he was at, and there's a big trail right there. I'm looking, I'm like, I don't see any blood, I don't see anything, but I see tracks and everything. But there's tracks everywhere, and it's kind of like sandier soils, like soft soils. And I'm like, there, I'm like, there's gotta be blood. Like I'm looking around, there's it's cane too, like tall cane, like you know, it's like chest high. I'm like, there's gotta be blood somewhere. Right? And like, I was like, looking, 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 looking down. I spent five, six, eight minutes right here. I'm like, where? I'm like, okay, it's not right here. So let's keep working down a little bit. I go like three yards and I look up and I see my piece of cane is coated with lung batter. Like, oh. you know, like your buck that you shot last year. Yeah. At like 25 yards. And he, he, you painted the tree behind him. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, shooting the Hornady ELDXs, yep. bullets, painted the tree behind him on the exit. And it did that on this piece of cane. I'm like, oh, he's dead. Like, I, just, I saw it. I'm like, yep, yeah, he's probably dead. And also, when I got down there, I could smell him. Like like the tarsal smell like a rotten buck, dude. It just it was strong. I'm like, dang. I was like, I should have brought pepper. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, I get up. You know, this, uh, all this cane is just painted uh, in blood and the lung matter. It's all on the ground too, and the trail goes. I can see where he got shot. He ran down the edge of the thicket for or like down, you know, directly away from me for like five yards, and then he cut back. But when he cut back, I lost. I can't I can't find blood. I'm like, where the heck? And he's going back through this stuff. I'm like. Let me just get down there. Like he he went down somewhere, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I thought I saw him go down. So let me just get on the, you know, go five yards farther into the edge of the thicket and start working through there. Um, and I get to the edge of the thicket, I get down there, dude, and I'm looking. There's a little bit of blood on the ground. I just look up, and he's laying right there. I mean, he's Ooh. he literally went eight ten yards maybe. Yep. And what he did was I hit him, and he turned. He went down. He circled, and then came back and died. I mean, right on the edge of the thicket. I mean, just di- uh, died on his feet. Yeah. And like the last six eight yards of the track like when i got down there where he circled the blood was crazy and that's why i put that on the on the instagram video it looks like he shot a deer with like a rage right through the lungs i mean it was just blood everywhere yeah one thing about those eldx bullets so we i started shooting them last year i hadn't mm-hmm. shot him before that i don't know how long you've shot him but i shot my three bucks with him last mm-hmm. year and then i shot that doe with him back in november and the doe is the only one that that felt like she just died right there like knocked her over um, but I, I high shoulder shot her. Um, so why is it that those bullets, since you know more about like bullets and mm-hmm. ballistics and everything than me, uh, why is it that those bullets, they produce such an amazing blood trail, but they rarely are knocking down the deer like other bullets have used? Uh, so that's shot place, but I've shot deer really? not through the shoulder like that. The, the velvet buck two years or last 2020 season, 289 yards right in the meat behind the shoulder freaking dropped them. Yeah, top of the heart. So I, I think it's a lot of shot placement. Uh, but no, that the that ELDX, uh, we ought to have one of the, the I know I know one of the guys from Hornady got contact, try to get them on. Maybe we could talk about this in the off season um, th- through somebody else. Um, but it's so it's a, it's a jacketed bullet. But it's something about the de- the development of that jacket and also how it's locked together, bonded. Well, it's bonded, but it's, it actually has like a um, they have a term for it. it looks like a hook. Mm-hmm. It's like how the jacket is like hooked into the actual lead core, yeah, uh, which keeps it from also separating itself. Um, so it allows for awesome expansion, um, but just unbelievable penetration. Yeah. So um, you know, I've shot, I've shot for three years now, killed quite a few deer with them. It's ridiculous. I mean, really, I love them, dude. Yeah, I don't want to shoot anything else. No, so and said, we're not Hornady doesn't pay us anything. No, I would love if they did though. Like, shout out to Hornady. <laughs> Listen now. Been shooting your crap for a long time. No, but I used to shoot their uh, SSTs uh, bullets, which is in their uh, uh, Superformance line. So mm-hmm. the the ELDX is is the Precision Hunter line. If you buy factory ammo, if you hand load, then it's just the bullet. It's the ELDX. Um, but the SSTs, I used to shoot those in my seven mag, and those worked really well. But they are like a hand grenade. There's no recovering a bullet ever. Like, yep. and also I've, I've on all the deer I've shot. Uh, other than that velvet deer, all been passed through up to 200 yards. At 289 yards, it was stuck on the hide on the offside shoulder. So, yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, so that's kind of the, the setup there. But the yield, the uh, SSTs from Hornady and the Superformance, they were pretty crazy performance wise. There's a ton of damage. Uh, but I mean, it's like a grenade going off. I mean, they're just, 
they do a ton of damage. Like, like, yeah, it's something that I wouldn't shoot that bullet in a, uh, I probably wouldn't shoot that bullet in like a really light caliber or lighter caliber. Um, cause I mean, if you hit the shoulder and everything again, you're not going to have the penetration like you will with the ELDXs, but, um, yeah, right. dude, it's awesome. That's a good tangent. Um, yeah. all right. So you, there he is. Yeah. So let's walk find him. Yeah. Put hands on him. I'm like, dude, he's a big, you know, good sized body, big neck, big head. I'm like, that's a mature buck. Like, just the second I saw him, I'm like, when I, when I first shot him, I was like, that's a mature buck. Like, with no question to ask. And then I yeah. saw him in person, I'm like, yeah, it's a mature buck. Yep. And uh, it was, I told the guys, I sent a photo uh, to Wes, or in the group message to Wes and Wesley, and they're like, awesome, cool. And they're like, hey, just don't worry about getting them or anything like that right now, because it was like, again, 8.30, 9 o'clock when I found him. He's like, um, you know, hike back, you know, hike back to the truck if you want, or get back in your stand. And then when we all get down, we'll come down and, you know, help you get it out. And we'll drag it out. I'm like, okay, cool. So it was, it was a check and hunt. Um, so went back to the truck, hung out for a little bit, called Michael Pike and tried to call you. Of course, you don't ever answer. So hunt <laughs> or not. Have service. Uh, that's, you know, that's Andrew's good old excuse, man. Don't have service, man. <laughs> I got no service. God. Um, but yeah, dude, dude, I mean, that was, that was it. So the, the, the pullout sucked. So we had a, so we carted them out and, uh, it just we had to go through a thicket, dude. We had to go up this drainage because, like, it was either okay, we're gonna go up the ridge and go over the top of the ridge, or we're gonna go up one of these drainages back to the logging road to then get back to the truck. And uh, we're like, okay, let's go through the drainage. Like, I don't want. There's no way we're getting up that ridge. I mean, it's super steep. And I'm like, there's no, let's go up the drainage and do that. So we, me and uh, Wesley did that, and it it sucked. I'll be honest. It yeah. was it was terrible. I'll, I'll be honest. Misery. You know, yeah, me and him. We and him had uh, no issues taking. Um, you know, all the breaks that we needed getting them back, <laughs> but we get them back to the log run and get back to the truck. It was good. But, uh, we took them down to the check station, checked it in, come to find out the biologist is also a big listener to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Yeah. So we walk up dude, and, uh, they're eating lunch and, uh, <laughs> we're eating, they're, they're eating lunch and, uh, Wes walks up. So Wes is there and, and Wesley was back in the woods and, um, Wes walks up and he's like, Hey, he said, "Hey, I got a got a got a young guy that was hunting with me today. Uh, young boy. He's like he's like I don't know if y'all know him, Jake Myers from Southern Outdoorsman. And uh, Jerry, the biologist, he was like, um, um, he's like he's like I thought that's who I thought that's who you were. I was waiting for you to talk though first. <laughs> confirm it. Yeah, confirm it with your voice. I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> but uh, anyways, they pulled it. We pulled it and everything. We and he was showing some of the deer that got killed. There were some freaking hammers getting killed. Dude. Oh yeah. Uh, did you? Ever it was on fire down there that yep. day. Yeah. I mean, on fire. Um. But anyways, they they pulled everything. They, they all, got all their measurements and everything off them, weighed them, and um, uh, they said because we got them before we got them out there. Uh, so they, he's saying it's probably about 160 pound uh, live weight, which is pretty light. Uh, Age about five years old. Um, with like 20, just over 20 inch. Uh, main beams on each side so yeah good deer um but it was it was cool so we just get we got back and we, he was showing me some of the deer while we're sitting there another guy pulled up and i think did you ever talk to, here uh, let me pull up the picture all right so one of andrew's old buddies dad killed one and uh i think he might have pulled up while, while we were about to leave and it was a really, really nice nine or ten point. So, uh, but yeah, big, some big deer, man. Yeah, and on the place I was hunting, so they have the same rut. And over where I was, it was just a, a real sleeper. I mean, there just wasn't a whole lot going on. Very few shots. There was a, a pretty decent amount of people out that day, uh, but just just very few shots for some reason. Um, I don't know what was going on, but meanwhile, down there where you guys were, I mean, it was just going 
nuts. Mm. It's like everybody. Yeah, everybody that was out there on that Friday, like there, there was a lot of people killing deer. Um, is that the buck? That is the deer. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I know that guy. So listen, this yeah, this buck yeah, this is the buck that pulled up. So yeah, uh, yeah. that's a hammer. Well, it's, what's crazy is, and I, I should have, I wish I would have sat there like while they waited. He had a huge. I mean, he's got a big rack on, but like, I'm telling you, dude, when he pulled up. The the deer had a small body, like because you know, it was an either sex hunt. So guy pulls up in his truck, and I see like the hind leg of the deer on a cart, and I'm like, okay, so he shot a doe. Just I'm looking at, it, I'm like, I think it's you know 90 100 pound doe, and then I see this freaking huge rack dude sitting in the bed of the truck, and I'm like, did he kill two deer? <laughs> and I walk up and I'm like, no, it's that deer. I'm like, this is crazy, dude. Yeah, it's funny because I think that he has another one like that. I, I can't remember if it's him or one of his buddies, yep. but I've seen the deer and it's just like an itty bitty deer. I, th- I think we need to interview him. Itty bitty, he's a killer. Well, let me, well, let me tell you this. Yeah, he's a turkey killer too. Well, so, well, let me tell you this. So he, while he's there at the check station, he, he knew Drew. He knew they were talking. And we're, I'm just out there looking at this deer. I'm like, this deer is freaking sweet because he's got like bladed main beams. Oh yeah, like little crab, like kind of like crab claws, but like they're bladed main beams, like the, the ends of them, and. Um, He's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, he's a pretty good deer. He's like, I, I saw two more that were way bigger, but I just couldn't get a shot at him. I'm like, what? He's a killer. I'm like, dude. He's got, he's got one a lot bigger than that on the wall. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but anyways. Anyways. That was a good deer, dude. Yeah, that's that crazy. Good... That's crazy that that was his dad. Mm-hmm. It's like, damn, I should have introduced mean, He would have no idea who I was, but I should have introduced myself. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um. But yeah, anyways, dude, we hunted the next day, did the same thing the next day, woke up at, uh, got sleeping a little bit later to like 145. Went back down there on Saturday, and there's a ton of people uh, at the campground. So like we're, you know, thinking there's gonna be a, you know, a ton of guys out. Well, it's supposed to rain. It was raining on the way down there, all that kind of crap. And uh, oh, well, well, let me say this: Friday, Wes or Wesley did not only saw the one doe, which is crazy. Okay, mm-hmm. and I was th- 250 yards from, him, and I saw you know all these deer, all this chasing and crap. He he didn't see any of that. Uh, that afternoon, I don't think they, they didn't see anything else. They had some deer blow and the wind was swirling real bad. Uh, the next day, go back in. And uh, Wes is like, I'm not going to hunt that spot again. I'm going to hunt where you, Andrew, where you hunted. He's going to go down, kind of leapfrog. I went back to the same spot. Probably should have done something different. But went back to the same spot, and he leapfrogged around uh, to the spot that you hunted, which, again, is another 250, 300 yards down now to my to my right, to my, to my mm-hmm. west. And then Wesley – or Wes went back to his spot too. Sun comes up, dude. And I'm like, I'm like, of course, not really seeing anything. Nothing's really happening. And then, no, no, right at daybreak, Wesley's on there and he's like, he's like, hey, which, by the way, Wesley's Wes's son for anyone, you know, didn't know that. Um, he's like, hey, just had a, just had a young buck and a doe come by me. I'm like, okay, cool. Sounds good. And then like 7 30, 8 o'clock, uh, he messaged us and he's like, hey, just had a, I got a real nice buck in front of me, but he's missing half his rack. Oh, but I'll I'll shoot that deer. <laughs> I'll shoot that deer. <laughs> oh god! When it was, he's like he's like it's, it's a real he's like it's a real nice deer, but he's missing half his rack. He broke it off, but um, he's like he's working on the edge, Jacob Torgy. Okay, and I'm like okay, and he's like he's like he's making a scrape right now. I'm watching him make a scrape. Ooh. And what like, was the temptation already sinking in? No, heck no, no, no. <laughs> you ain't no, shooting no. no half rack. No, not where it was at. I don't want to drag him back. I, mean, I want to shoot a pretty good deer to get him back out of there. He was terrible. Um. And it was the deer never showed. Like he just he must have went into the thicket or went up the ridge from it. I don't know. He, he, I never never saw him. And uh, the the main feed pattern or the time frame of major movement for the day was from like I think it was like ten thirty to like twelve thirty something like that. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, Wes like Wesley was like I'm gonna sit till midday, and uh, Wes got down a little early, and I, I got down at like twelve thirty, and by like twelve o'clock he's like he's like dude I got does he's like I got more deer coming in. I got like does around me he's like I got does bedded around me I'm like I don't I think I don't know how many deer he saw the day six seven eight nine I don't know he's like he had all these does come in all bed around him yeah and at some point they kind of got out and you know he was able to slip back to the truck but I was like and, but see the crazy thing is I didn't see a freaking deer okay but he's leapfrogged went another 250 yards 300 yards down and he sees all these deer and I don't see any again yeah it's like that short of a window like you would not know if you were out there hunting by yourself like man this spot sucks man I, you'd have no idea like, man, this, this spot sucks bro i didn't see a deer this is terrible they're just not I, in this thing yeah they're just not here man and then like if you would have been 200 yards farther down you would have seen all this crazy action yeah man but you, you didn't as you gotta show you gotta keep the faith well that but also i'm telling you hunting with a group of guys that, with a that, 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 that you trust dude our uh, little our little hunting club we're gonna put together our, our little areas. Yep. So, so we're. I, you might have heard us allude to it in Monday's episode, but we're gonna. We're really. I think next year. Hopefully, if I can get these guys on board with me, I we're gonna do it next. These year. These guys. Yeah, Jacob if I can Michael. get Andrew on board, what are you talking? So about? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take this square mile of this place we hunt. We're gonna adopt it. It's, pu- <laughs> it's, pu- it's public land. Adopt it. I mean, we're not doing anything you're not supposed to do on public land, but we're all gonna focus our efforts there. Mm-hmm. Share information. Wolf pack it because I think a wolf pack hunt would. Be, oh, it'd do so good here. <laughs> it'd do so good. Yeah, that's what Wes, that's what Wes was saying. He's like, man, he's like, y'all need to try it. I'm like, well, I thought about inviting Wes and all them down there yeah. for a well, gun hunt. Well, the, the problem is, it's you know because they're chasing a rut, and he's like, you know, they really go to the other spot because they got so much history. Um, but, uh, Wesley and some of the other guys might, might be willing to do that. So, yeah, it's a good spot. It's a good spot. Yep. So, but dude, well, well, how was your hunts? I mean, dude, you, you went out. I don't really have much to say. (laughs) Okay. So this is is a tale of two tales. Yeah. So I, I, I've, I've put all this time and effort into this one spot since summer. Mm-hmm. I kind of decided it's going to be like the area I hunt. I'm going to stick to it, not hop around and just see what I can come up with. Been running cameras in there, this and that. Uh, checked the cameras, I guess, last week. And I've got a couple really nice bucks on camera. I got one big buck on camera. Like, real nice one. Mm-hmm. Um, like, big 11 point. I don't know. Put a number on him. I'm not going to put a number on him. Put a number on him. I, I don't know. I can't do it. 190. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. He said put a number on, bro. Do you think he's like a 140-ish buck? I don't, I'm not super into scores, but it's a good way to like I'll explain say, how I'll, big I'll, a deer I'll is. Say, I'll say this. I'll say this. Bobby Worthington, go back to listen to Bobby Worthington's episode, I think on the first ones. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe, no, maybe it's the second one. He talks about trail cameras. Mm-hmm. And trail cameras give me an illusion based off how big a buck's body is of truly That's how big so true. how big the rack is and how big the deer is, okay? That's so true. So, you know, if that deer is 160 pounds, you know, he might look like he's, you know, 150 plus. But if that deer was 200 pounds, you know, maybe it look a little bit different. So that, I don't know, that's something to take in consideration. It's a big deer. I'll just say this. I'll tag out on that deer. Yeah. I, that, he's yeah. a real, he's a, he's, like nobody, nobody listening to this podcast, well, well no, no, I don't want to say, nobody in this room is going to pass that deer. Nah. Um, no, nobody I know would, would pass. Nobody that deer. I know would pass that deer. He's a, he's a he's a big buck, for, especially like for Central Alabama. I mean, he's a really good deer. Um, so I had him on camera and a couple other ones that were 
I would say like definitely upper echelon yeah. buck. I mean like real wide, real tall. I mean just now, know what you think about some uh, of the better bucks you'll you'll see come off. What do you think places. about Clay Clay's big buck that he showed us? That deer is oh is is he a big eight? Uh yeah he I don't even I don't even uh, want to talk about him. Oh my gosh, dude that that deer. <laughs> we're we're gonna blow Clay's cover here, man. Oh my gosh, he's got such a big deer on camera. But anyways, anyways, um. Got got those deer on camera. Been kind of watching them, mm-hmm. um, and I went in there to hunt that that morning that you guys went down there, and y'all invited me, and I was like, I'm gonna give this one last shot. Like this is the weekend; it should be really good down there. And so I went. Didn't see anything. It, it rained. It was kind of like miserable conditions all day. Um, Washed and, out some roads, dude. Well, so the main spot I wanted to get to. Uh, the creek flooded and I couldn't get to it. Mm-hmm. So that that threw a, a monkey wrench into everything. Uh, and then after that, yeah, a lot of roads got washed out and stuff. I drove around kind of midday, well after the rain had stopped. Couldn't find any tracks crossing the road. I mean, just all day it was kind of a struggle. There was people out there, wasn't hearing any shots. Everybody was kind of struggling because I knew several guys who were hunting the place. I talked to you, I don't I don't think I told you this. I ran into a guy on Sunday mm-hmm. that killed a really nice deer on Friday. And he was kind of telling me, he was a he was a pretty interesting guy, you know, super knowledgeable. And uh, the guy's name was Trevor. I feel like that was his name. He was, and uh, he was, we were just, we were shooting the breeze. He was over there um, close to where Mike shot his buck. Yeah. And uh, we were, he, he flagged me down while I was coming out, like, and uh, he was like, asking me a couple questions. Like, hey, you know, you going in, coming out, blah, blah, blah. And we were talking. And then, um we were talking about the hunts and everything. And he's like, yeah, I killed this buck and he killed a buck trailing a doe. Um, and he was off a ridge point. So he was hunting off mm. a ridge point. Kind of like it sound, it, the way he described it, it sounded like a thermal hub, a bunch of different drainages come together and, um, had a doe come around the edge of the, one of the ridges, uh, right past like 10 yards. And she like, he's like, something was dev. I could tell something was honor honor. And he's like, it didn't happen super quick. He's like, it was probably was 20, 30 ish minutes later, but that buck came down head to the ground and he's like, he didn't, he didn't, that was the last time he had his head to the ground, you know, chasing a doe. Man, so many stories like that growing up, especially with Mr. Benny, like killing a, killing a buck 30 minutes, 40 minutes mm-hmm. behind a doe, just trailing her like that. You know, like he would, he would tell stories about, uh, having the doe come through and she would stop and look behind her and stare behind her for like five minutes, like motionless, just watching. And then she'd get out of there. Mm-hmm. And then 30 minutes later, here comes a buck. All right. They're just way behind her. But anyways, um, I did know a couple guys that either saw or shot deer out there that day, and all of them were like high up on ridges, so like top third of these ridge systems. Mm-hmm. I was down closer to a bottom near some bluff gaps and some big creek, creek crossings between two bedding areas, and uh, I think that I was too low, basically. And I, I kind of decided that kind of mid-morning. I was like, I think I'm too low down. I think they're up higher on these ridges today. Mm-hmm. So I changed it up that afternoon. Went to a different like cutover transition, and I, I was going to a thermal hub next to a cutover. Uh, and it, on each side of this thermal hub, there's a fresh cutover on one side and a pine thicket on the other side. And I'm like, I think they're going to be coming out of this pine thicket, swinging down through this thermal hub, and swinging up into that cutover for to go in there at night, or vice versa. It could go either way. And I go sneaking in, and I bump two deer off that edge. Mm. Don't know what they were. But uh, I could see, I could just see their tails going. No idea what they were. So that loving point with a doe, probably. Well, so I walk over there, and right where they were standing, there was a huge scrape. Oh, really? Yeah, and a bunch of rubs. Wait, wait, big what, what, time, what time of day was that? Uh, when I actually bumped them, it was probably 
probably like 3.30-ish. So that was something Baxley talked about on one of these episodes about like, you know, seeing a lot of midday movement on these scrapes, like mm-hmm. in and around these thickets. And I've actually done the same thing, like slipped into a spot on an afternoon hunt and gone in early mm-hmm. and bumped a deer working a scrape or like very close to a scrape. And like you, you know, stick cover, I can't tell what it was, but you go over there and like the scrape had just been worked or, you know, yeah. probably was about to be worked. Um, yeah, that was a bummer too, man. I, I, I thought I was going to have one for a minute there, but th- they worked up. And so when I was sitting there, it, right, I mean, right there at dark, I could hear like deer for sure. Um, but they were like further up the drainage, just some private land up there. Mm-hmm. And they were like further up that way. And I'm almost positive it kind of sounded like chasing. It could have been something else, like maybe squirrels or something. But I really, I really, it really sounded like deer. It like had that thud to it, but mm-hmm. they went away from me, mm-hmm. which I didn't expect. I thought, I thought they were going to come down the hill to hit that thermal hub because falling mm-hmm. thermals. And dude, when it got dark, I mean, that draft was like going down the hill. I mean, you could feel it on the back of your neck. And that, that was pretty much it. I mean, slow day, not much going on. That's all she wrote. Mm. So, so you gonna hunt with us in the morning? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna come with y'all. All right. Hey, so we're we're meeting at said spot at three thirty. Okay. I'm gonna need you to send me that spot, or maybe I'll just meet meet up and like follow you. Or yeah, something. Uh, that might actually be the easiest thing. It's just you can meet me at. Uh, I'll talk about it later. Yeah, don't don't be naming places now. Uh, we'll talk about it later. But yeah, yeah, you just meet me out. You meet me. You fall down. Are you hunting all day? Or just in the morning. I'm gonna try to hunt all day. Oh, interesting! interesting. That's what I did last time. I came in and packed a lunch, and I I was in there. No, I'm, ta- I'm talking about like morning afternoon. You're just gonna hunt a morning hunt. That's why. That's more what I meant. Oh, we'll we'll see. Pro- I'm gonna try to hunt all day. Yeah, cool. I don't know what I got going on awesome. tomorrow, tomorrow evening. Well, Depends uh, on what what whatever happens after dark tomorrow. Yep, absolutely. Well, perfect. Well, hey, appreciate everybody been buying the new merch. Uh, been getting merch out left and right. So you've been, uh, you know, appreciate that support and everything, guys. So, of course, if you, you know, want to support the show, you can go over to our website. Uh, again, southernoutdoorsman.com forward slash shop. Check out some of the new merch. We are getting that out ASAP. Uh, try, to, try to do two shipments a week uh, as new orders are coming in so y'all can get it as quickly as possible. Uh, so appreciate that support. It's been awesome. Uh, also, guys, appreciate you sharing the podcast with, you know, family, friends, and just other buddies. Uh, the show's grown tremendously, uh, which is kind of what's helped me. Actually, though, that is exactly what's helped me be able to go full-time with everything. And now we got to get Andrew full-time. So that means we got <laughs> that means y'all got to share the podcast even more. And we got to get some more listeners on here uh, so we can get old Andrew on board. Yep. So, yep. so I can hunt as much as Jacob now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so anyway. All right, so we got to do reviews. I know. Uh, we, we haven't done reviews in a long time. We've been slacking a little bit on the review side of everything. I don't know where in the world we were. All right, I'm just going to start with Tag Soup. Uh, he said, five stars. Tell Michael that Ruger's trigger is adjustable. Probably read that man- Probably read that manual next time. Sorry about that, Miss Brother. Hope this helps. Yeah, those, uh, those Ruger triggers are, are pretty slick. It's got the, what is it called, like the AccuTrigger? Um, no, a- that's Savage. Savage is AccuTrigger. Um, Ruger, I don't know what Ruger calls it. Um yeah, if he can adjust that trigger, dude, he definitely needs to. Oh, dude, you totally skipped a bunch of these, man. Oops. Yeah, hold on. I'm going to go back a little bit. Uh, hold on here. Okay. Start at, uh, this is on November 27th. Uh, this is from Boom TNW63. 800. Boom. Five stars. 
Love the podcast. Y'all do a great job. I'll do this next one too. Uh, this is from Brad Wing. Okay, how do you say his last name? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all right, Brad. This is from Brad. Five stars. <laughs> Who reads podcast reviews? Question mark. Whether you're climbing pines, swinging in a saddle, hanging and hoping, or hanging and banging, the Southern Outdoorsman podcast has the content you're craving as the missing link to a punch tag. The listener success stories are proof that Mr. Maxwell, Killadilla, and the fat lines separating <laughs> themselves from other podcasts in their ability to dive deep and get the details that make the difference. Yes, sir. While this podcast probably won't help you person reading this podcast review but <laughs> but for the guys who are willing to jump in and give it a shot you'll be better off oh i like it he's calling us out there he's calling us out because uh all of our list we got we get all these listener success stories but uh hey, we got some jacob's success stories we got now. some jacob's success stories now the ginger gunslingers been laying them down the g- ginger lead slinger yeah um fem- okay here we go from <laughs> jhm a uh, bunch of numbers yep. phenomenal podcast something um Oh, man. I wish I knew what episode... Okay. Uh, This episode was extremely fascinating. This has me looking at topo maps from an extremely different perspective. I primarily hunt Wisconsin, and while in most areas I hunt don't have much topographical variation, there are some areas that intrigue me, and this episode has me wondering how applicable these principles are in areas with less dramatic topographical variation. Uh, Inspired to make some miniature models to see what I can find out. Um, that was uh, Clifton Denny. Yep, definitely. Yeah, uh, I like that review. I, I'm, yep. I'm kind of curious about that as well, like the the more gentle landscape kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, yeah. right, so this is from Jensen Wild, five stars. I almost quit you. I was growing tired of the hosts interrupting, or rather, not paying attention to where guests were going, and I almost quit listening. But then the Jacobs bear. But then the Jacobs bear and sense. I guess that really it should be the, the episode. The, yeah. Then the Jacobs bear episode and sense. Yav came roaring back. Incredible insights into into him as a person and a hunter. Loved it so much. I've listened twice. You've gained some men. You've given some men a platform that will remain for some time and seek more than other hunting podcasts to give structure and genuine story salt of the earth folks thanks that's a that's a true compliment right there man mm-hmm. we appreciate that um all right little buck nuts this uh a lot of a lot of noise to be so little the continuing the saga of the feuding uh reviewers between the big buck nuts big little buck, buck nuts, nuts and little buck nuts and thick cricket, cricket whose name we're stealing to come up with our instead of doing oh. the wolf pack with west we're being we're going to be the thicket crickets, crickets. so think about making shirts <laughs> Chirp, chirp. <laughs> chirp, chirp. All right. Uh, Jacob, congratulations on going full-time into the podcast. I'm happy for you, bud. Also, thanks for the listener success stories. Big buck nuts. To hear all commotion you've been causing, you would think you'd have more to show than a couple buttons. You need to put up the tape measure, little Debbie's, and your phone down and get out, get out of the warm truck and into the woods. Then maybe instead of making a fuss in the reviews... We can see you and your big buck nuts in the listener success stories. Until then, happy hunting. <laughs> I'm real excited for next week's outro and hearing the Ginger's Buck story and all about the Dilla's out-of-state adventures before he takes off on the next one. Thanks for all the hard work y'all putting into the podcast. Everyone go buy merch so Jacob can stay employed. <laughs> Appreciate that. All right. This is from the Thicket Cricket. Button, button buck balls. <laughs> 
Five stars. Chirp, chirp. That's going to be our catchphrase for the for the Thicket Cricket gang. Yeah. Chirp, chirp. All right, owner's manual from Tag Soup. I just read that one. Yeah, All right, yeah, next you, one. Yep. Uh, I'll, I'll get it. Uh, Pine Thicket Ninja. Definitely. Oh, an, I like that name, by the way. Pine Thicket Ninja. That's a good name, That'd too. That'd be a good t-shirt. Yep. Uh, definitely an upper echelon podcast. Been listening for the past year or so. This was originally one of many hunting podcasts I listened to. Now it has definitely become my favorite by far and the most relatable podcast for hunting the Piedmont region of North Carolina. Uh, keep on getting it, fellas. Also, tell the Ginger Ninja to check y'all's Facebook messages. I mean, it's his job now. <laughs> oh, and I'm glad uh, Clifford finally got to try a blood trail. Y'all were slacking on him. Oh, <laughs> oh Clifford. Oh, Clifford. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this is from Skylar7122. Uh, Five stars titled New Listener. Keep it up. Best podcast on deer hunting. Simple, straight point. Uh, short, sweet to the point. All right. From MK Graham 15. Great podcast. Five stars. Love the podcast. As a Mississippi hunter, the topics are very relatable to the Southern hunters, as the name implies. Much of the content on whitetails is aimed at Midwest hunters for in a November rut, etc. that doesn't apply in the Southeast. They do a good job of covering this missed niche for both deer and turkeys. Man, that's why we started this whole shebang, man. That's mm-hmm. why that's why we threw it together back in 2017. Yep. So we're sitting at 821 reviews as the time we're reading. I this. want 900 for Christmas. Oh, that's 900 more. Uh, oh god. Okay, Andrew's Which I know we could do. I mean, we I see the listener numbers. I know how many of you there are out there who haven't left reviews. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There's, Ooh, there's guess, a bunch do, of Dude, guess what? I'm late for my freaking family dinner party. Yeah, we got to wrap this up. We got Christmas. We're recording this right before Christmas. Hope everybody, by the time you're listening to this, it will not be Christmas anymore. No. Hope everybody's had a merry, merry Christmas, and I hope y'all have a great new year. Jake, have you got anything else? No, just y'all stay Southern. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman, and thank you to Blackberry Smoke for the music for the podcast. Also, to follow along with us, make sure you check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Southern Outdoorsman. Until next time, y'all stay Southern. Y'all go ahead and write down the dates, June 28th through June the 30th. Go ahead and just mark those off your calendar so you can be at the Dalton Convention Center in Dalton, Georgia for the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard a a ton of content from that expo last year that we posted. Uh, We talked about it a ton. Look, if you're the kind of person that listens to this podcast, this show was literally made for you. It was literally designed for you, which means you're going to love it. You know, all the best companies in mobile hunting are going to be there. A lot of the best deer killers in the Southeast are going to be there. A lot of our past podcast guests are going to be there. It's just, it's going to be an incredible event. And hey, if you've been looking to either get into a saddle or maybe a mobile lock-on setup or just a different kind of tree stand setup, I'm telling you it's worth the investment to go to this show because they're all going to be there and you you will get to try all of them in person before you buy it. So you 
You don't have to order something online and then wait for it and then try it when it comes in to see if you really like it. You're going to get to go put your hands on everything all in one day, test it all out and figure out exactly what works best for you and have it taken care of before deer season starts. So like I said, go ahead and put it on your calendar, guys. It's a no brainer. You got to be at the show. Again, it's Friday, June 28th through Sunday, June 30th in Dalton, Georgia. We absolutely cannot wait to meet you guys there and talk hunting. So we'll see you at the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo in Dalton, Georgia.